podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The tenth time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! And he puts it in! Sergi Carrick has scored the first goal! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road Podcast. Today we are back in the studio to have a chat about that performance against Wolves on Saturday. Some questions from Twitter and a short look ahead to Villa at home this weekend. Clayton is back from South Africa, back on the podcast. Clayton, how are you, mate? Well, happy to be back. Not so happy to be watching Brentford recently. <laughs> Very true. And we're also joined in the studio by Niall. Niall, how are you, mate? All good? Good, mate. How are you? All good. Perfect. Let's just get straight into this. Clayton, um, how bad was that on Saturday? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh... I mean, I've missed quite a few games. As we were speaking earlier, I missed quite a few games. I've been away, a few bits and bobs. Uh, I've still been keeping up, uh, watching as many as I can live, watching the highlights. Um, but, I mean, was it no wins in six now? Mm. Um, it's kind of telling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, we just didn't ever look like doing anything on Saturday. I just, we just just was so lacklustre. Ba- I barely remember like a clear-cut chance. No, well, I, the, the next question I was going to ask is both goals kind of came at a point where it looked like we might be about to do something because I remember before the first goal De Silva had a good chance where it kind of mm. kind of it comes off a rebound and then he kind of flicks it over the bar and then in the second half we were building a bit of momentum and then Dawson goes down for like five minutes for some treatment um, and they go and score on up the other end but those are the only two uh, that, it's not even chances they're kind of just basing it on momentum yeah it was just uh, it was just so flat yeah um, and like you said, no wins in no wins in six now. I remember you saying to me during the game, it was kind of just like we were playing for nothing, almost. And that's what it felt like. Yeah, it's like it almost feels like the spark's gone a bit. Um, I mean, when we get to the end of the season, regardless of where you finish, it's going to be like the best in our history. But um, it feels like I guess with kind of teams like Brighton and stuff, like keep winning, yeah. maybe. And obviously, if results are going the wrong way, we've had some difficult fixtures, so maybe not got points where we could have over the last few weeks. Um, yeah, maybe maybe it's just fizzled out a bit and there's there's just that belief maybe a bit gone and, you know, we're not looking downwards, which is nice. Like There's a massive relegation yeah. scrap and even like probably like Chelsea, are the only team that's safe in like know, 10th, yeah. 11th. So, I mean, in hindsight, it's, it's nice to have. But it, it just, yeah, it just feels like that maybe they I didn't think, have too much to play for and that they're kind of settling yeah, in a bit. Especially because now you've got Villa who are winning every game. It's like, and Brighton, like you said, keep winning as well. It's like every time we drop points, it's that dream kind of just gets pushed further and further back. I know you weren't much of a believer to begin with in, in Europe. No, I think um, I think the drop-off could be tiredness as well. Mm. Um, I think ever since that Leicester game, the first half um, we were quality and the second half we were pretty poor. We still kind of haven't really recovered from that. Mm. Um, we've had a quite a few... I remember at that period we had a quite a few like three-game weeks. Um, and I think the players just look shattered. Mm. I've been seeing on Twitter people questioning like the players mentality and them not wanting it enough I bet you they want it like mm. I don't we the thing is we can't really question that kind of thing because we don't know what the players are feeling or stuff like that but mm-hmm. um I just think it's, it's probably tiredness mm. um, do you know who did look tired Tony I thought Tony looked mm. yeah I think he struggles yeah against those teams when they have two big dominant centre-backs he mm. sometimes he does I remember I mean, he's been outstanding this season. We're not bashing him, but he does. He does have. He can have a quiet game against yeah. two centre backs, um, like like Wolves did. I remember Leeds away 
it was quite quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a few ga- a few games like that, but I mean, it, you can't I, bash him just because what he done. No, the whole season, no I so. actually think he looks better when we play a front two with um, Mbemo because mm. Mbemo is always close to him. Um, Whereas when we play a four three three, obviously we play with wingers and it's always it's we play in the low bit. block as well. So like yeah. the 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 defense is so far back. Tony mm. gets the ball and he's expected to hold it up whilst Brian and Whistle yeah. or whoever it is on the wing isn't mm. close enough to them. No, exactly. Um, I mean, th- there's not really much to talk about from the performance other than it was just a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been the same. It's been the case for the last yeah. five games, hasn't it? Mm. If you keep going back, because the, when when's the When's the last convincing performance? Fulham. Fulham, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. And that well, was I mean, the uh, what, yeah. first weekend of March, yeah. and we're now at the end of April. I mean, we, we we drew three three with Brighton, but we were lucky to to only concede three in that game. <laughs> yeah. That's massively like we should. Yeah, gone are the days where me and Mike come on the pod. And go, oh, we won again! We won again! <laughs> ever since I sent that, I sent that tweet, and we started to lose. <laughs> you, need, you need to like send it again, like uncurse us. I know. Um, we need to talk about that away end. I know it's Wolves. I remember Tom said, you know, we can't expect much from Wolves when it's when it's that format of a way end and it's difficult to generate an atmosphere but it was just it was it was woeful so so bad wasn't it so, you know sometimes you go to the way and you kind of expect it it's like as you can see like a lot of families a lot of kind of that stuff and fair enough whatever there's not much atmosphere maybe some of them sat down everyone was stood up from what i could see mm-hmm. the majority of yeah obviously it's a weird shaped away end but like we were trying to like start like some atmosphere and the people were just kind of turning around and looking at you like, why are you chanting? And it was just like, <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's, we get it at home games yeah. a lot as well. I think like it was like maybe a home crown carried, carried down to the way end was like when we're not playing so well, we do kind of, I feel as a fan base, unfortunately tend to not kind of, we're very vocal in our support as a fan base when we're doing um, well, but when it goes badly, you, and especially a lot in like, even in the West End, you'll just hear the whole West End go quiet. Mm-hmm. And obviously the West End are quiet, the whole ground's quiet at home. Um, I mean, obviously this is not this is not generalisation, it's not all Brentford fans, but it's probably the majority. That's what, that's what it feels like sometimes. It's, like, it's We do, maybe where some of these other clubs that have fan bases that are a bit louder, they can, I mean, you, we'll probably touch on it a bit later, the Silver said on that podcast, mm-hmm. how, how important it is to have the fans. And not, yeah, maybe some noise from that weird little <laughs> way end and Wolves would have helped. You know, I know. Well, take uh, a bit of the edge off of such what well, was such a lackluster kind of just dull performance. Mm-hmm. I just don't see why, if you travel all the way to the Wolves, for example, why you would just like make no noise and not support the um, support the team. Like you travelled all that way just for what? Just to sit down and be boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I saw some stuff on GPG. Like a lot of people were saying the same thing. Like we've had some bad away ends, and then it's like I, I just don't understand how it works. Like Arsenal away. Uh, last season it was the same time as years this season last season uh, Barnard making the, the guy cry the <laughs> atmosphere was horrendous it was, it was yeah, so so shocking. bad fast forward one year obviously we're doing a bit better but they're top of the league as well mm-hmm. like, maybe slight different circumstances but the way end was great mm-hmm. so I just don't I, sometimes I feel like we just our fans just turn up and it's just like the atmosphere is just awful mm-hmm. yeah it's just one of those things when you're playing well the atmosphere is always going to be better but um, I, I do think we struggle <coughs> when we play badly to try and get behind the team but as I think a fan the, base at the same time as Brentford fans we're used to being in the football league like even if we're 17th in the table the noise should still be like no, I agree I agree um, but you know it is what it is we have a lot of tourists coming to away games these days as well mm-hmm. um Liverpool away has just gone to general sale. <laughs> yeah. You didn't see that. I've yeah, me- member sale. Member, yeah, member sale. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I'm swerving it. I can't. I'd rather watch it on the stream. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to that. 
But yeah, we, we, the podcast that you mentioned, basically there's been three podcasts that came out today um, featuring Brentford, Brentford, well, two Brentford players in Josh De Silva and David Rea and then the sporting director, Phil Giles. But on the podcast with Josh De Silva, he literally, they, they segued into a segment about the fans and he says, you know, the fans don't realise the impact that they have. Yeah. And it just, it, it just baffles me. If mm. we've got, we've got literal players coming out and saying mm. how much of an impact we can have, but we go to Wolves and... The team plays mm. flat and the atmosphere's flat. Yeah. What, what, do we, what do we expect? Also, with, like Thomas Frank mentions it in every press yeah, conference. You said it last I, week. I said it last week. He wants us fans to like be there for the team. If he thought he was, if if he thought we were there, he wouldn't be saying that because it'd just be mm. a given. But we're not. So it's like when, he, he it's like, like when Pep like, after a bad game with Etihad, Pep just like called yeah. the Man City fans shit, and then the <laughs> yeah. next, for the next two weeks they're super loud. Like, <laughs> yeah. It works quite well. Yeah. 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 I think if Frank did that, we'd just get told to well, fuck off. We'll get yeah, we'll yeah. get onto Frank's post match comments because. Um, I after that performance, I think everyone wanted him to come out and just say, "Look, we were beaten by the better team today. We mm. weren't at it, and we and we got beat." But he didn't. He came out and he said it was a fairly even game. Mm. And I, I, I told you about my sort of issues with with him coming out sometimes a bit bitter in in post matches. Mm. But I just I'd understand. I'd much rather him have, have just come out and said, "Do you know what? That was just that was just an off day." But we, you, you, at the same time, you don't want to bash the yeah, players. You don't, I know, I know he's not going to bash the players, but just, just, just to be, just to have a little bit of clarity, you don't want to come out and say that was a fairly even game when you've got two thousand away fans who have watched crap. part of yeah, part of crap for for nine Yeah, minutes. it's uh, weird. Am I, yeah. am I right in saying we won that game on XG? I think we had point like, <laughs> seven. I mean, it, well, that's what I was thinking. I, no, so have you, have you both piss. listened to the <laughs> to the, the Giles podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, the big theme around that is kind of. Not, not worrying about result, the result, yeah. we're worrying about the performance. Mm. So, I mean, as much as I agree with you about uh, kind of, I mean, Frank's great impresses, like he's good value, yeah, but yeah. he does have that in him. But I mean, maybe that that's where it comes from. It's kind of from that club identity that yes, maybe we didn't play well, but on another day, I mean, both the Wolves goals were, were quite lucky. There were there was deflections mm. in the build up and etc. So mm. he probably feels that. On another day, maybe it could have gone at least a point, but um, we didn't. We didn't create enough. For a no, I don't think so. And if you look back to a few, like especially um, Brighton, like we got so lucky to get even a point out of that. Mm-hmm. If you looked at the, at the stats in that game, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think that might be where it comes from. Kind mm-hmm. of that club ethos about kind of looking at the underlying metrics and performance mm-hmm. instead of the the result. But if you're looking at the underlying performance from the Wolves game. I mean, apart from XG, you, you don't, you don't, you don't need to be a statistician to work out that we had a shit game. To be fair, the silver shot was probably probably zero point four something <laughs> like that. So. Yeah, well, we're, we were going to talk about um, De Silva. I, I wanted to talk about him because I remember the conversation we had at halftime about him. Mm. Um, you were quite pissed up, so maybe you don't remember too much. But it's <laughs> uh, certainly rubbish. We we both said how much we on the podcast before we've said how much we want this guy to to emulate the form that he was in in that last season in the championship when he was apart from the front three that we had uh, not the front the season after when we had Tony up top he he was a stand-up performer in the team and after listening to that podcast the way he says I still feel I've had an okay this season this season he's started less than half the games mm. and he still he feels like he's at 70% after coming back from the the big hip injury that he had I just I want him to do so well but that performance like his performance against Wolves I could hear every time he gave away the ball it's it's getting to it's getting towards scapegoat territory. I'm kind of seeing the same pattern that Romain Sawyer's had when he yeah. when he was really he, he was really poor. Yeah, and he was he was really bad. But he hasn't been great this season. Let's no. be honest. But, but he's um, had flashes, hasn't he? He's yeah. had flashes, and 
Actually, if you look at the stats, I don't want to be like the stats. I think he's in like the whole of the Premier League. He's had the most successful take on. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like uh, progression. Dribbles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ball, yeah, ball carries that kind of thing. So, I think the stats are there. It's just about being consistent and and just doing more on the pitch. Maybe his work rate has been questioned in recent weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I still think next season. I have been critical of him, but next season I feel like. We'll see the real. I really hope. Yeah, I, do I really hope. Well. We we're, we're all we're all backing for him. We know how good of a player. It's a funny situation, isn't it? Because it's like you feel like it's like a different player. Yeah. And I mean, he is. He had an awful injury. He didn't play football for the mm-hmm. best part of a year, did he? Yeah. So. But honestly, he's the most talented player I've ever seen at Brentford. I would go that far. When, like, wow. When we went up, when we got promoted, I was I was like, look out for the silver to like yeah, all my yeah, like, non-Brentford. Yeah. Like yeah. he's like he's like. So so good. I feel it? like people forget how good he actually was yeah. in the championship. Yeah, it was unreal. It was I remember that goal against Reading. Yeah. In, in yeah, lockdown. Yeah, yeah. That Reading game, I think he played on the right of. Um, yeah, yeah, He was yeah. like a right winger that game, and he absolutely. He scored two against Reading. He, he scored. He scored the top corner goal yeah. that he always scores with his yeah. effort, and then the one where Tony kind of like. Yeah. And this was a, this was a game where um, Elise, who's getting all this hype around him at Palace at the moment for the way he's playing. I think he might have scored, but obviously to Silva, I'm fairly sure was man of the match of that game. Like this is the same kind of caliber yeah. of players. Um, unfortunately, one had a hip injury, one didn't. But I mean, yeah, like we say, I hope, hope he can get back to where he was and, and further. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Where do we where do we go from this result? Do you think? Do you think now, even if we beat Villa on the weekend, do you think Europe's done? Yeah, yeah. But come on, we, how like since we started this podcast, it's always been a kind of running theme. But we always said it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> there was never a time when we had full-on belief. But I can't lie. When we were in the pub um, in Birmingham on Saturday evening after the game, and there was all these uh, a lot of Villa fans, and they were very happy with themselves. It, it was really uh, grinding my gears. I was purely out of jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I don't know. I don't see us getting a result on Saturday but you know it's the G-Tech like yeah. you, you never well, know you never know yeah. but I mean the seeing the way they played against Newcastle who's mm. such a formidable force this season um, at, on, at the early kickoff last last Saturday um, it's, it's going to be a tough old game that mm. yeah no I agree I think um, I think with the way you know Emery sets up his team as well it doesn't suit us at all um, mm. I think his team likes to play on the counter attack and I've said before when Team sit back against us. We kind of look clueless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think Ollie Watkins is in unbelievable form. Yeah. Um, and you know they've got some unbelievable. It's got players. Ollie Watkins hat trick written on it. No, it, no. It, you know what? It, it has a Brentford win. It's just like it's just very Brentford, isn't it? Like we haven't won in six, and then like you're Get, playing this yeah. big team. It's just that would just be very Brentford yeah. to to win it. But I mean that that's not my official prediction because it's probably yeah, no, aged we'll, badly. We'll, we'll get on we'll get on to Villa a bit later on when we preview it. But um, I did see some meltdowns. Did you see that one guy on Twitter that was basically saying chuck the kids out for Villa? Did Plays he say Alex, like, Gil- Alex, Alex Gilbert? Gilbert no, nah, but what's Trevor in midfield? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that can't. Like, he can't have been serious. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I hope he was. I'm pretty sure Brentford fans are the most reactionary fans. Ever, like, <laughs> no, but you know when you see something that stupid, you're like, you can't. You're like, you're definitely looking for bites, or you're just like, don't. You're twelve. Have I you, hope have you met Brentford bites. fans? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Honestly. No, no. We got we got a question from Gary Bees on Twitter who asked if it's time to move on some of our championship team. Um, if the answer is yes. Who who do we who do we think we need to get out of the door? Summer over Godos. Summer? I think Godos is a given. Yeah. So who, the core of the team is pretty much the same. I think it's Raya, Pinnock, uh, Henry, Norgard. I think we can upgrade on um, a few of the players. I think Pinnock, I love him. Um, but then I, I feel I feel like 
we can get a, like a maybe a better left-footed ball-playing centre back. Um, mm. Maybe someone who's younger. We're he definitely is... going to bring at least one centre back in the summer, yeah, given yeah. that Pontus leaving. Probably two. Um, I'd probably like to see. I want to see him. Uh, Charlie Good still on loan, isn't he? So, mm-hmm. like, I think it surely it's about time yeah, he yeah, gets yeah, moved yeah. on permanently. He might even be out of contract, and and Mads Beck maybe it, maybe he's stuck around. Yeah, we can and get an upgrade on him. Well, he's he's one of that championship. Cool. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want him to leave, and I feel like we've mm. um, made signings that could play in a similar position. Um, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say upgrade on players uh, for a team like us because we don't really normally buy outright kind of replacements. They mm. normally have to bed in yeah. um, and kind of yeah look to. I mean, I mean, it's only really been Tony in recent years that has been like. From the start, he's been bang on it. Like Watkins. When do we ever sign a player yeah. that's like over, uh, like between the age of like twenty five and thirty? Yeah. Like sometimes we'll sign like like players like Ericsson and mm. are kind of the exception to it. Or like Pontus was an example in the championship, and mm. uh, I mean we could sing all his praises after the recent news. That's probably what well, he has played his last game for yeah. Brentford. I do think we'll see a surprise sale this summer, though. I, I can see maybe like in Buemo or. I can really see it being in Buemo. It's yeah. about time. Uh, I think money it's it, about yeah. time. Like one of those like. We got cherry picks, isn't how, it? Yeah. How much would you take from Wemo though? When does his contract? I don't right know now? when his. I don't know when his contract's out. Maybe a couple of years. Um, I, I remember Napoli being yeah. like, well, rumours that Napoli were interested. Yeah, yeah. Like, was it last summer? I think so. Yeah. Or well, might be in January. I can see him going to a club like Napoli. I think that would be a good move for him. I can't I, see him going to a Premier League team. No, no, not for me. He, he doesn't produce. How much do you take for Raya? Well. The, the on, on the podcast, he, apparently Fabrizio Romano tweeted the other day. I didn't First actually see this. Yeah, but Fabrizio Romano is like like none and void now because like all he does is just get agents to pay him to tweet stuff. <laughs> so like all anything you see from him is just <laughs> an agent telling him it. Yeah, because that's like, that stuff about Zakowska complaining, like obviously from his agent because mm. he's annoyed, and then Ray's agents have gone to him and go, okay, well the, now all the club go, well we want forty million, mm. like. Obviously, he's this big, like, verified journo, but, like, if you read everything, it's so clear that it's come from... Like, it's not... I mean, you have to have sources somewhere, and it's yeah. going to be from that. To be fair, the players probably tell their agents what to um, tell the media and stuff. Like, the agents won't go behind the players' back. No, no, no. So... I can't I can't find how... My internet's down on, on St. Mary's for some reason, but I can't I can't find how much... Uh, how long Mbwemo's got left on his contract. But I, 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 I can't remember... I would, I would say if he's got a couple of years left, at least... Yeah. I don't remember I don't, I don't know. contract in the last couple of years. Maybe. Mm. I don't think he did. 20 million? 30. 30? 30? 35. 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At and least 30. It, <clears throat> I love Mbwemo as well because we've talked about it before. Like He has so much potential. When he's bang on it, he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. But it's just, just consistency-wise, he's just mm-hmm. like... I, uh, and credit to him, last week, he, he I remember, I think he lost the ball a bit further up on the pitch a bit later in the game and he ran back and you could see the frustration the Wolves fans took the piss out of him for it because he smacked the ball on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he could, you could tell he cares. He's like, still they, 23, you know. That's what I'm saying Like earlier when you said um, when the players, players don't look like they want it anymore or, or something like that. They, they, you can tell they all want it but it's just for some reason it's just fizzled it did, like, yeah, it, just, it didn't click because it just like, looked a bit sluggish. But yeah, it's 2026. 2026. Signed a deal the start of 2022 hmm. an extension. Um, so it's like a good three years. Um, so yeah, I think thirty mil, a yeah. bit more, uh, would be, be it would be great bit of business. Um, but I don't know. I think he's he's been there that team for a long time. But I mean, I think we should, he started playing for us when he was nineteen, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, a long yeah, time, yeah. and and we yet to still see a consistent season where he's just, apart from his that, best season was BMW, the one in the, yeah, yeah. in the BMW, yeah. which I think was part of 
the fact that that strike force was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, both like Ben Rama, well, he won't be next season, but he's been playing very consistently in Europe this year. And Watkins, if Villa keep going the way they are, he'll probably be playing in Europe next year as well. Yeah. So, um, and he had De Silva behind him as well. They talked about that on the podcast. Like, I, I, people really don't, or they don't appreciate, or they just don't say how good De Silva was those couple of seasons in the Championship. I, I wouldn't want to see Embuemo leave. Um, maybe someone to come in um, and give him and, and start over him. Mm. Um, but no, I wouldn't want to see him leave. Definitely not. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll go on to the away day segment. Did you did you listen to that? He gave me Barnet away last uh, last episode, which was quite funny. Barnet away. What? Yeah, in the in the in the, in the, the car. The one when Watkins dived. <laughs> That's iconic. But I've got I've got one for you two this week. The Battle of the Bees. <laughs> so I got QPR okay. Brentford in the 2016-17 season. Oh. Two two. And I'll give no. You know, I'll give you the kit. We were playing in the black kit, black and white shorts. Was the two two in the cup? No. That was in the league. Well, they scored two goals. Yeah. That was because yeah. Matt Smith. No, no, no. The it's sixteen seventeen. Sixteen seventeen. Yeah, it was two 0 V base scored twice. No, no, no. no, no. It, no was, it was um. It was correct. Two 0 It was Sawyer's, Sawyer's and Clark. Sawyer's yeah, Clark. Clark. <laughs> no, no. Josh Clark that day was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out so to Josh Clark. Got, <laughs> I've got, I've got in my notes. I, I've just got. We could talk about Josh Clark because he in the. I don't think he's got a club at the moment. He spent oh, really? the twenty one twenty two campaign in the National League South playing for Dartford. Mm. Wow. Which I is. Just crazy because I remember like when he used to play for us, it, you, you could tell he wasn't going to be like a world beater, but but every now and then he'd pop up with like a 10 out of 10 blind <laughs> yeah, yeah. performance. No, I remember in the 15-16 season, the first three games, we started pretty badly if I remember, but he actually... Um, well, that was the Dijkhausen yeah, season. Yeah, Dijkhausen season. He came off the bench for like the last 30 in one of the games and he was outstanding. And then we loaned him out to, I think it was Barnet. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. And then, yeah, he, he was a weird one because he had a little bit of something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did he score a couple goals against QPR? Didn't he score away another time yeah, as well? Four, yeah, 4-1 in the cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, also, also, I thought that, I remember because it was a period where fans were really starting to get on Sawyer's back and he kind of had that mm. moment where he scored yeah, yeah, against yeah. QPR yeah. and it was kind of like vindication. Yeah. Also in the lineup that day, Josh McEachran. Did you ever watch that video on YouTube? You know when, um, I think it's Tubes goes to a football club and he like interviews two of the best players and he's Is got like, a At Chelsea? Huh? Is when he's at Chelsea. No, 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 no. When so he interviews Nico Yunaris and another, it might have been Jeff Clark, you know. Did I mean, you know that Nico Yunaris <laughs> played for Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he interviewed Nico Yunaris and he said and he said it, the the players play a question and both of them instantly just said Josh McEachran. Who's the other player? They, they, I think it might have been Josh Clark, but I can't. I, okay. I, can't oh, I vaguely video. remember that. Um, but they, they, they both said at the same time it's got to be McEachern. Josh McEachern, there wasn't a Josh McEachern. Like, he did plenty of interviews. He was like a super wonder kid. He almost yeah. went to Real yeah. Madrid when he was yeah. like 16 or something. He in the Champions League with Chelsea under Ancelotti. Like, yeah. He had and now he's played for Milton Keynes. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, because like I remember when we signed him, there was loads of hype around it, obviously, but then it kind of it plateaued a little bit and then it really picked up during mm. this season. I remember that. Do you remember that pass that he played against Villa when we were on TV? Yeah. To set up was it Vibe? I think uh, it was Vibe. He plays that, good. Uh, uh, Hogan. That him and Hogan had that like half a season link up where he yeah. just like play these like. It's cr- no Kirschbaumer and Hogan though. That was. A yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Right. <laughs> that, that's good. The segment. You're gonna have to think of one for for next week. Um, we'll move on to the Villa game on Saturday. Kind of touched on it already. Um, not going to be easy since they since Emery took over. I think they're like third in the form table. I was listening to the Athletic podcast the other week, and and they said that they all kind of agreed that Villa are probably like the third best team in the in the league right now in England, and they beat Newcastle on the weekend three 0 pretty comfortably. 
So. Is, it, is it me or I mean I don't think I'm the only one thinking it being an ignorant football fan and not paying attention or did they just all of a sudden become sixth and good like just overnight no it's just since Emery took over but I, I, I know they've had like they've like won like yeah. silly amount of games in a row they've won like a seven or mm. unbeaten a I, seven but like to me it's just like all of a sudden a couple of weeks I was like oh my gosh like Villa because it was it was Brighton Brentford yeah. Fulham yeah. I mean Fulham have fallen off quite similar to us although um one of us could get a result at Everton away and it wasn't us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe that. Rimaika as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, without Mitrovic, it's a good result for them. But yeah, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Villa. Villa, yeah, yeah. No, I, all of a sudden they're just, they're just good. Like, and yeah, they just look so solid and to, like, to tear apart uh, Newcastle the way they did. But, I mean, I think Newcastle played pretty poorly. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. that's the most goals they've conceded all season in a game. Mm-hmm. Um and Villa probably could have they had one just offside, wasn't there? And yeah. probably could have scored another mm. one or two. Um, yeah, I mean they look they look very good. I think, but I think it'll be a good game on Saturday. I think we'll we'll give it a go. I, I don't think we'll be so flat. I think we play up to those big occasions. Need the fans, mate. Need the fans. Yeah, honestly, we Won't need to happen, we though. need to put in like a formal plea to the fans to actually sing <laughs> at that bloody game. Sing. Um, how do we stop Watkins? Because like his form at the moment yeah. is just frightening. I do worry about that with our lack of pace at the back. You know, <laughs> Ben Me and if we play Roslev or Hickey, they're not the fastest either. Um, so yeah, that, that's the challenge stopping Watkins. That that goal he scored, the first the opening goal, mm. where he's like just like couple mm. touches, just strikers finish. Just yeah, complete instinct. I worry so about good. Jacob Ramsey as well. He, he's an absolute baller. They've just got baller. They've got Buendia in their team. Yeah, Buendia. Like, it's so funny because like the same team was like absolute shite. Yeah, <laughs> it just like shows you like how like manager, a, yeah. like a well, good yeah. quality manager yeah. can make a difference. Unai Emery is an incredible manager. Is I know good? it didn't quite work out for him at um, Arsenal, but he did so well at uh, Villarreal, mm. um, Sevilla as well. He's so. got Conte playing like Villa fans rave about Conte. Even Mings apparently he's playing like extremely well, and he's yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I think we definitely need to shake up our midfield for this game. Who, who are we going in the midfield three? Norgard looks knackered. We're talking about him. He's been tired, but I can't. I don't, I don't think you cannot. I don't think you can play him. him. Yeah, for me, Norgard, Jensen, De Silva. Um, play, same I, as I play Yanel. Same as I play Yanel. He's, 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 he's been out of the team quite a lot recently. Yeah. He's been injured though. Yeah, yeah he has. But I, I would. I, I think that one of those games that's probably won or lost in midfield. Especially, I want. Do you think we'll match them up four three three, or do you think we'll go five? I think we'll do. Well, I think we'll go for. Well, the thing is, when we play bigger teams, he tends to be quite cautious. So, like when we, yeah, but like, does he respect them as a, that big? Obviously, the run. Well, the run that they're on, like, I would. <laughs> would you? Write, would you like to see us play a five? I, I would. Uh, I, 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 I think know. I would. I, I'd like to see us play Rusalev. Regardless, I think Hickey might need a rest. Mm. Um, I'm not being impressed by Hickey this season. Well, we've talked about it before, but. Uh, he, it's like he said uh, against Wolves. I remember you saying he always plays with his head down, and then like gives off a mediocre pass. I'm yeah, he like runs up the wing with his head down, and he like just play. And like, what foot do you want to use? Because you like you look like you can't use either of them sometimes. I'm convinced he's a left back though. I'm convinced he's not a right back. Every time he he's played, the yeah, ball, he's played left back. He played there for Bologna. Yeah, and Hearts. But um, every time he receives the ball, it's with his left. Mm. Every single time. Yeah. So. And then some some websites say he's right footed, some say he's left footed, some say he's both footed. Neither footed. But <laughs> yeah, we we spoke about Hickey so many times. Yeah. Like when yeah. we always go, oh, who's resigned this position? And we're like, oh, we don't have a left foot player. I'm like, no, we do have Hickey. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. And maybe I maybe if the plan is if Rico's to get any interest, but he seems just to fly under the radar constantly. But I think he's been. 
I mean, he's always uh, solid defensively, but like his attacking output yeah, has just no, been he, shite he, recently he, he as well. Like, he because he because Rico. I mean, we all like we all love Rico. He's a great player, but like his attacking threat is just to mm. put the ball past it and, and also yeah. run with his head straight down yeah. at the floor and then look up and yeah. put it into the box. It's, it's interesting you say under the radar. For me, you don't go under the radar in the Premier League. Maybe by other fans, yes, but scouts and everyone who works in football will be fully aware of players like Rico Henry but why does like Southgate complain there's a lack of quality mm. in England especially in left position he doesn't get a sniff because Ben Chilwell and Luke Shaw are better than him yeah but he's, he was complaining about a lack of he quality did, yeah he did say it's like, it was a weird comment to make because it's like didn't he say that he wanted to look in the championship for yeah. left backs yeah, it's like, what the yeah. F- yeah. that's, that's that no, pissed me off so much it's like He's a very like sensible manager. But it is what it is what holds him back though. That's like I've been starting to see it the last three or four games. Yeah. His attacking output. Since you mentioned is, it, yeah, his, his attacking output is just compared to compared to a Chilwell, especially for yeah. that England team, which in the tournament is probably looking to line up potentially with a back five yeah. in in big games. Yeah, uh, you you can't. I mean, yeah, his defensive, despite being five seven, you probably would think he's more attacking, but he's actually um, probably a better defensive centre back, like a centre back left back. He's I still I say it every time I've never seen him be outpaced or outstrength by any player in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Mo Salah, even Traore, no one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, he's very extremely good in that sense. So I went, you, yeah, you're confident then for Villa on Saturday? No, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm not confident. But I feel like I, I know this team, and and obviously we're in a bad run. And we, we, I know what you mean. It would be very Brentford to go and lose six and then beat one of the informed. We've always the been a streaky side, though. I feel like we've either lost six games or a row we're unbeaten and uh-huh. mm. like there's no in between. Yeah. Um, we didn't. Even, we didn't finish the question on the midfield. I oh, know we did. Oh, well, he said the same as Wolves. I, I just feel like in we those. We said Jan out. I think. I, yeah. think, I mean, you're playing three regardless. I just think you know, offers that kind of stability. yeah because he'll win those second and third balls with Norgard, whereas De Silva does not win those. Yeah, I, I want to see. I, 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 I'm not just biased because I've just listened to the podcast with De Silva and I really want him to play and do well. But Jensen was pretty poor against Wolves, and he hasn't been at the levels that he's been at the, for the re- from mm. the rest of the season. Mm. I would I would put Yano in because I remember there was a game against uh, I think it was Blackburn away in the Championship when Yano didn't play as a six but he played as an eight, mm. and he was actually really really good. That's what position we signed him for. Yeah, yeah. I know. So yeah, I I, I reckon Yano in. For me, I prefer Yano as a six. I don't want him as an eight. I don't think he has the kind of. The ball carries. He's funny. He has a bit like funny decision making when he gets into mm-hmm. the final third. He yeah. like plays strange passes, but he also does have like a moment of magic. Yeah, he it. does. He is yeah. quite better. I think we all have on our head bookmark days of six because he we bought him. Uh, Norgard got injured. I mean, I'm sure we all watch. Remember, remember watching Preston, it on iFollow. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, Norgard's injured after the season's <laughs> over. Um, this random guy comes on he's just signed for 500k and he mm. played six for the whole season yeah. unbelievably but yeah he was meant to play eight so um, he scored against QPR in his second game yeah. didn't he yeah. I think like yeah. from outside the box yeah. Yeah. Right that infamous in. Bournemouth um, yeah. semi-final yeah. <laughs> the tackle that went top corner yeah. so yeah I would start the Janelk <laughs> okay. yeah, no, I, I reckon, if he's fit I reckon Janelk will give Jensen a rest because yeah like I said I don't think he's been up to the previous level so score, score predictions for Saturday then what are we saying uh, I'm going to go 3-1 away win. <laughs> go on. 2-1 <laughs> uh, Brentford. I'd go 2 all draw. I reckon I reckon we're good at home and I, I really hope that whatever fans do listen to this they do bloody sing because <laughs> like after listening to those podcasts especially the one with, with Silva and it's like you say Frank comes out every single week and he says we need the fans to be 100% today if we want to get a result. But, um, let's, like, the players wouldn't do a lap of the whole pitch 
willingly every week if yeah. it didn't if the fans didn't matter yeah. if they didn't care yeah. there's not a bunch of mercenaries like I'm sure if you're playing at Wolves in the, at Molyneux I mean the atmosphere is pretty shit there anyway uh, for the home fans but like if you're playing a bit flat if you just hear a chant of your name of your club and you yeah. just get that bit, bit more yeah, yeah a bit more adrenaline going through and you make something happen and I just feel like sometimes we don't get as a fan I mean it's easy if you're watching this I mean if you compare it to the episode when we're winning we're not complaining about this so it sounds like oh we've lost six games in a row bloody well, I don't remember when you were in League 2 but <laughs> I think it is true especially for the last few years it's like uh, especially um, since we got in the Premier League a lot of times last season when it, it looked like before we signed Ericsson in, in January, February it, did, it looked like we, I mean not that Ericsson kept us up we yeah. all know that storyline but it did look like we could we get relegated when yeah. we lost to Norwich at home mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Like it looked like bad, and and our atmosphere was shite. Which everyone was just silent, and yeah. that's like, I mean, it would take a piss out of Leeds, and I hope they go down. Yeah, but they're like losing six one, they're losing six one. Yeah. They still obviously the ground's still half empty. They still got people singing and waving yeah. their scarves. I mean, it's a it's a bit try hard to go home, but <laughs> well, somewhere in the middle can we be? Yeah, somewhere yeah. in the middle, hundred percent. I think so. Should we talk a little bit about the podcast that came out? I don't know. Well, they they all came out today. Yeah. Should we we've, we've Should we watched... link them on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, for, yeah, yeah. If people want to have a listen. Yeah. So the one with Phil Giles. What, what do we think? You've written the one with Phil Giles. Yeah, that's the only one I've listened to so far. I think um, it's everything we already kind of knew. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, it just it, it's interesting to see like how his kind of mind works and his relationship with Matthew Benham. Mm. You know, I'm really intrigued by Matthew Benham, like what his role actually is within the club, because it seems like Phil Giles is kind of in charge of everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he says he says in the podcast that he doesn't really do any kind of day to day kind of stuff with yeah. the club. And then he said, if like, like he basically seems like he's the only person that kind of has a close working relationship with mm-hmm. Benham, and then like even if it, like Benham will rarely speak to Frank, but he'll maybe sometimes Giles will speak on the yeah. behalf of Benham to mm-hmm. Frank and. Um, I like the bit about kind of how Matthew doesn't like it when we play on the back foot when we go. Yeah. I would, I'd love to see his reaction against yeah, well, Forest when, when we considered that one against Forest like that. I, I hate that as well. So I'm with, I'm with Matthew on that one. Do you remember our first season in the Championship? I think we were playing Ipswich away and we were we might be one 0 up in the 90th minute mm-hmm. and we left three players forward. No, so Ipswich, Ipswich had a corner in the 90th minute. And we left three players forward because Matthew Benham wanted us to be like on the front foot or something. Mm. So maybe it's a bit... I'd like to know, know like how he feels with the way that we play now because mm. we kind of soak up possession and we're very much mm. the defensive team of the two whenever we play anyone, it seems like. No, but we still, like, we're all well-organised, but we still, like, have attacking flair. Like, it's not like we're just, like... Mm. Like, Tony's not a target man in the sense mm. and you've got, like, players playing off it and we can still play some good football. And, like, if this team we had now, maybe minus a few players, if you like, say we got relegated next season, like we'd still, if we went back to the championship, like we'd still be playing, like we'd be back to our ways of playing four four three and just yeah. having like sixty five percent. There must have been ball. a conversation between Phil Giles and, and Matthew when we got promoted. I think like, look, we can't play. You can't. It's not football, possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not the, possible. But I think if you think about it, when we were back in the championship, we played like expansive attacking football, yeah, yeah and we'd which have was which ball. was against the norm. Whereas, like in the Premier League, we've kind of gone a bit more defensive. Whereas every other club's trying to be expansive and attacking. So, mm-hmm. I think it you've kind got, of like... got to play to your strengths, though, don't you? Like, you mm. can like you only have a certain quality of player. If you you got, if you match up if we match up with every team and try to play possession football mm. against them, we're just going to lose. I think yeah. a lot of it is playing to Tony's strengths as well. Like if we had Ollie Watkins, you know, we would be playing more balls in behind. Tony's not that kind of striker. He's more of a you know, give and go type yeah. of strike. Well, yeah. What is going on with Tony? Because, I mean, we're getting to the end of the season here. I don't see any ban. Yeah. Just played well, for England. Yeah, so he's just played for England. There's, we've not heard anything. 
the left out of the team of the season by the way did you see that oh yeah I did. <laughs> yeah I, I, I wonder if that's got something yeah. to do if they don't but then also they never like Raya didn't get yeah. a mention mm. uh, Ben Mee was in there yeah Ben Mee was but Ivan Tony Kai Havertz was in there it's been <laughs> absolutely shocking <laughs> I didn't understand it but yeah it's weird because it, we've said it so many times it's kind of in this limbo state where you know the band's going to happen but now it's got to the point where but then the last also, time they said it was going to be resolved be, by April yeah. there must be something we don't know well yeah. there was so there was the, that leak that came out and then he put that statement out on Instagram mm-hmm. so they've clearly like his lawyers and stuff have clearly like kicked back at the mm-hmm. FA because that's like breaching yeah. like impartiality of the investigation if it's going out yeah yeah out to the press which is not meant to um, and then obviously there's a whole, I mean, it's been in the works for ages, but I'm sure it's helped that, that vote uh, to ban main sponsors yeah, yeah. or betting companies mm. by, was it 26? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't I, I don't think Hollywood Bets will um, will sponsor us it next season. It looks horrendous season. as well on that So, t- funny enough, so you know, we never heard of Hollywood Bets before this, you never heard of them before yeah. they sponsored us, did they? So I think we had another one lined up, then when we got to the Prem, they actually offered a bit more money. That's why the kits took so long to to turn mm-hmm. up in the, in the first season. I think that's how it goes. Um, so it turns out they're a South African company. Their head office is in... Dur- so I've been away in South Africa. Their head office is in Durban. I've got a photo <laughs> of it. It's like by my auntie's house. And my my other auntie, she's friends with the guy that owns it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think they've been... Over the, they sponsor quite a few things with Africa. I think they might sponsor a League One team. I feel like you might be right there. Yeah, I think they do. Or maybe one or two in a championship yeah. club as well. I think they're basically trying to get a brand in mm. in, in the UK and get a license. But yeah, it was, re- it was really like small world. My auntie was saying to me, she's like, oh, you know Hollywood Bets? Like, I know the guy that owns it. And I was like, yeah, I literally had never heard of them before. But they're quite big in, uh, in South Africa, which is strange. But I think... There was comments as soon as that Tony stuff came out that I think I don't think they'll be our sponsor. It would just look no, wrong if they're their no, sponsor. No, no, they can't. Anyway, no, it's, a, it's a good move for the Premier League and football. Yeah. Is it just the Premier League it's that they're supposed for? Good thing they've done it. It's anyway. not the Football League. I don't think so. It's probably I the thought, money. I thought, yeah, I think the headline was Premier League, but I might have to mm. check. But we're on to the De Silva podcast. We've listened to this one. Um, we kind of talked a bit about it on the podcast already, but I just thought he comes across as such a nice bloke. That's like, yeah. <clears throat> I love. We've been talking about it in my course, like footballers now, they're so, that I don't want to slag off footballers, but they can come across so inauthentic in their interviews and stuff like that. Mm. And the PR that they do outside of the club normally gives you a better yeah. taste of what they're actually like. Mm. And completely with like the, the exact same rings true when you listen to the De Silva podcast, yeah. comes across so humble and so grounded. Yeah. That's why it makes me want, I'd want him to be, to get back to those levels that yeah. he was in the championship. Yeah. And the fact that he knows that he's not at those levels yeah. gave me a bit of confidence that he, yeah. could, he could potentially get back there. What was the podcast he was on? So I looked at their account. Be- it's called the Beautiful Game. They've got like 15k followers. Yeah, like, yeah. I've never. Have you heard of it before? I've I've seen. I've listened to a couple. They get ex pros on, but I think they've got like a close network. So nice. like at the end of the podcast, they they said, "Can you recommend someone that that should that we think would be good yeah. on the podcast?" Do you recommend? recommend every concert. But oh, apparently, nice. apparently they're really good mates or something. Oh, so, nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought I thought it was really good. Um, the Raya one, I kind of, it, it was the least the least enjoyable out of the three, I thought. It was more about his his sort of career at Blackburn, quite a bit about his career yeah. at Blackburn. And then, it's like quite an interesting little... story, to be fair, he has when he yeah, came yeah. from Spain. But, yeah. Coming for, over from Spain when you're 16 years old. Yeah, didn't speak a word of English. Yeah. It's, it's actually really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And now, is it, have, you, have you ever heard him speak? He's kind of got like a little Mancun- Northern twang to his. Like, he doesn't span, sound Spanish very Spanish. He's got yeah. a Mancunian Spanish accent. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really it's strange. Only yeah. <laughs> a footballer could have that. But yeah, towards the end, it kind of, confirmed that he was he was looking to move at the end of the summer yeah, you can't blame him to be honest no nah, for, for me he's top three goalkeepers in the league no he's, he's fantastic he's had I two Kane, uh, Spain caps um, no, I, I don't feel 
any remorse towards him for no. wanting to do that. Mm. I think it's it's fair enough. Yeah, he's mm. he's extremely extremely good. I hope he mm. goes somewhere and they they back him. And then, mm-hmm. I, I I do wonder. I mean, between this Tony, what I was going to say about Tony is I saw he was linked with Newcastle, which is kind of obvious, isn't it? Mm. Um, but like like. I can't see him going for big money or going anywhere until the, the betting stuff's yeah. over. Yeah. But like, say in the summer between a ban or a transfer and losing Rayo, you're losing two like, like big big players in that team. But it's not past us to go and replace him. Yeah, no, it's not. Know. But it's still a worry. We've, yeah. we've pl- replaced. We've never replaced players like that in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. We've done it's it in true. the Championship. Yeah. Um. I mean, Rayo's so key to the way to spend more play. money. That's the like. I, I can't. Sharder. Could you see Strakowska being the starting goalkeeper no. though? Well, I don't, well, there was a whole thing. He just doesn't have the the ball playing mm, ability. No, mm. I, we watched him against Colchester in the cup. Um, he was pretty poor that day, to be honest. But you know, you can't judge him off one game. The guy was Lazio's number one for a few seasons. I know he got dropped um, at the end of his spell there, but there's obviously a, goal, a good keeper there. Um, yeah. I don't think I think he'll be off though in the summer. Um, I'd really like to get someone in. I think we could easily sign three goalkeepers in the summer because Raya's leaving, Koshin might be leaving, Cox will probably go on. He's still got Balcom though. He's, he's on. Balcom, Balcom. <laughs> Is he gone? He, he's shit. Yeah, but oh, it's, yeah. Also, it's also like 22, 23. I like. think he was on loan somewhere. He got dropped, I think. No, he got he, I swear he was on. He's he, definitely, he, he, he would have broken into a first like properly somewhere. I like, thought he was like really special. But yeah, like, Cox is like playing for under 20, England under 20. Yeah. So, like yeah. he like there's a. Surely, when you're a goalkeeper, the point where you get that you just need to play yeah. a full season, yeah. even mm. if you go back and play in League yeah. Two, that doesn't really matter yeah. where you play. I think I think we'll sign like a obviously the first choice goalkeeper, then like a not Luke Daniels type, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. his kind Ben of, Foster. His, uh, his, yeah, Ben <laughs> Foster. Get him on a twelve month deal. But yeah, no, check it, check out those podcasts if you haven't already. Um, I'll, I'll link them when we when we tweet this out. So the Eden Road podcast will be back next week to review the game against Villa and to look ahead to Chelsea next Wednesday evening. How are you feeling about that one? Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, no, that yeah one, we'll get win that one. We'll win that one. I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope that'll be good. Um, with it being a Wednesday evening, I think the atmosphere could be good, especially because we've done them for one last year. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, looking forward um, to that. Also look out for a special episode that I recorded with Mark Chapman, a committee member at, at Bias. I'm not sure when I'm going to release it yet, but it should be in the next couple of days. Uh, we basically just walked through the history of Brentford, so it was actually really fun to do. Did a bit of research before. So yeah, look out for that as well, and we will see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Podcast Network. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.